Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon, and I'm joined again by our friend, Davor. How are you doing, Davor? I am doing good. It is. I'm very glad to be back here talking Star Wars with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last time you were here, I should say, Davor, from a larger view of the Force podcast. Yes. Uh, great podcast out there. You guys got to check it out. A lot of deep dives and all those stuff we love about Star Wars. But last time you were here, we were talking Star Wars Rebels. I had finished doing my revisit of it. So who else? Who better to be here to talk Rebels? And we had a great show, some audio issues on, on our end, but everything should be fine here. But yeah, glad to have you back. A lot of Star Wars news to talk about before we jump into our main topic. Uh, we we're talking a little bit before we started that these past few weeks or even months, Star official, I should say, official Star Wars news have been a little, eh, there's not a lot going on, just waiting for Book of Boba Fett to come out. But this week, there's a few things going on, and we'll talk a little bit about those and then jump and talk about our main topic, which is looking toward the future or next year, 2022, which is kind of supposed to be a big year in Star Wars, at least for the television side. Uh, but before we start talking about it, um, you've been doing any Star Wars things this past few weeks, kind of filling your time before Christmas and all this? Yeah, so I have been, I mean, in terms of my Star Wars consumption, as I was telling you just before yeah. uh, we, we got on air, I watched uh, Rogue One this afternoon because mm -hmm. I have coming up, not this coming Monday, but the, the following Monday, I have an episode coming out for the uh, for the fifth anniversary of Rogue One. So I was watching that by way of refresher. I've also been actually related to that. Also, I not too long ago, I finished listening to Rebel Rising for the first time. Oh, nice. Which is, yeah, which is a really good book. I really, wow. really enjoyed that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of my consumption has been Star Wars consumption has been around that. Yeah. I mean, Rebel Rising, that's one of those books that I just didn't. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't care about. I'll say it. Uh, when it came out, I'm like, okay, I already saw Rogue One. I, why do I need to know about this story? But I just kept hearing from people how great it was. And then there was a lull between, I don't know, some of the faces of the High Republic. I had nothing to read. So I got Rebel Rising and Dooku Jedi Lost, read them back to back, and they're just great. Rebel Rising, just such a great yeah. book. Uh, for myself, keeping with the book theme, I finally finished Throne, Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, the, the final in this newest trilogy. I did audiobook, oh, which yeah. is my first Throne audiobook. And I've only done, this is my third one. If you count, uh, I did first, um, I always forget the name of this book, and I'll come back to it in a minute. Uh, but previously I did, uh, and I'm blanking on it, um, Tempest Runner, which is an yep. audiobook where it's more of a, this full cast, which is what I really liked. And I'll be honest, and I'll do a full review at some point. I, I don't know. It, I was struggling to get through Thrawn. Uh, it's like 24 hours almost. <laughs> so I know the book itself is like almost 600 pages. So it was a long read, a long time hearing it. And I, I guess for myself, I'm kind of done with the Thrawn stories. To, my, to me, at least, they seem very similar. Uh, there's this evil guy out there, something's out there in the chaos that no one else knows how to deal with, only Thrawn, no one in the 
military group really likes what Throne is doing, but no one says anything. They just go with him. And then the polit political side, they hate him, but they don't have a plan to stop him. And then whatever happens. So I don't know. They just seem very similar. And by the end of it, I was like, eh, okay, it's done. I'm glad we got six Throne books, which is five too many, I think. I did love the, that. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people out there love Throne. And it's like, I understand, it's a great character. The story just seemed repetitive to me. I did love the first one. I loved him in Rebels. And I'm looking forward to see what they do with him in the Ahsoka series, if that's what, where we're going. But at least if they say, here comes another Throne book, at least for me, I'm going to let other people enjoy it. I won't go through it. All right. Anyway, we're here to talk Star Wars. Let's say hi to our friend Dale Erdman is here. He's saying this game announcement is kind of what I want from a movie announcement. We don't hear anything until maybe six weeks from completion that it's even coming. And uh, we'll talk about it because this came out of nowhere, at least for myself. I didn't know there were, I think there have been some rumors lately about maybe a, a new Star Wars game coming out, but I didn't know. And then it kind of dropped out of nowhere yesterday or the day before. And for movies, I know Rogue Squadron, will, which we'll talk about a little bit, it got announced last year. Actually, today, last year, it got announced. And then a few weeks ago, it was said, yeah, we're going to push it back or it's indefinitely delayed. And then now there's other reports out there. So we'll touch on it. So if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars and Star Wars news. Uh, there we go. Star Wars news. All right, and we teased it up first. So it's, let's talk about this new game. So Star Wars Eclipse is this new game that was dropping one of, I don't know where, it was a game conference or game awards that were yeah. going on a few days ago. And then this new game showed up, Star Wars Eclipse. And let's start with the trailer first, and then we'll jump into other stuff out there. Some of this controversy with the CEO of this company, Quantic Dream. But this new game, Star Wars Eclipse, is situating the High Republic era, which is one era that a lot of us love. I love everything High Republic so far. So I was very excited when I saw the trailer for the first time. Um, let's talk trailer first, Deborah. When you yeah. saw that trailer, what were your initial feelings? And did you know this was something that was coming? Or what did it catch you by surprise? No, it definitely did. I think, it, as you said, it, I think it caught most people by surprise. I do remember, I think right around, like right around in the lead up to like Disney Plus Day around then, yeah. I remember seeing there was some rumor milling about, mm -hmm. oh, we might get a game and it's going to be High Republic. I do remember seeing that and then just nothing yeah. came of it. Yeah. So that was just like one of those things that gets fed in the rumor mill and then it vanishes and it's nothing comes of it. And yeah, I really didn't hear anything about this until basically right about that run-up to when mm -hmm. the trailer got debuted. Ooh, there's a dog and, game right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she has decided to to make her <laughs> debut. There you go. Uh, and um, I mean, in terms of the the content of the trailer itself, as you sort of mentioned, we'll talk about some of the controversies around mm -hmm. the actual developer itself but i mean there's a lot of i mean the, the trailer is quite compelling in terms mm -hmm. of both 
you know, the, the visuals of what we see, we see something that might people speculate it might be Jetta city. It kind yeah. of looks like it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing that stood out, to, the thing that stood out to me was the, was the Luger Hulks, the, the trade federation ship. So it's like yeah. trade federation, high Republic. Mm -hmm. That that was the thing that just like grabbed me. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, high Republic trade federation. And, mm -hmm. and by that, like the, the, the possibility out there of high Republic battle droids, which, <laughs> <laughs> which, which excites me. And, um, of course, the kind of the, the thing that is going over this whole trailer, which is the, I guess, the the, the Voldemort species. I don't know what else to call them. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's what they look like. They're doing the drums and then whoever is rising out of the like the, the dune like black bath. Um, and so I guess the mystery around that. But yeah, I mean, it looks really, really visually stunning in terms of locations. I mean, it doesn't give away much in terms of plot. You don't really watch yeah, it and get a good know. idea of like what it's about or even like when it's set because I'm, so I, you know, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw some people talking about this on Twitter that like we don't really know how long the High Republic is. So like, you know, all the books and comics that we've been consuming is in this particular slice of time. Like maybe this is like a couple hundred years before that. Mm -hmm. Like we, we don't really know where it is in terms of all of the the stuff that we've gotten so far yeah there's a lot of questions and again just talking trailer i didn't know anything about it and then i saw a few screenshots of people saying oh this is a new high republic game and then other people saying oh that's fake and then no no here's the link oh they took it down and it reminded me of that obi-wan thing before <laughs> disney plus they oops oh, yeah. they gotta check with star wars kind of um social media people they just keep pressing that send button too early and they're damaging the brand a little bit. Uh, and then it officially came out and they said, oh, there's, there's this uh, video game awards or something going on. It's going to debut there. And then I saw the trailer come out and I loved it. And you saw those Voldemort people, at least they got good rhythm with those drums. Yes, they they had a good rhythm going on. There's a lot of doom kind of similarities with the guy coming out of that mod or whatever. But yes, the biggest question, because we see Yoda, we saw, and that's kind of the only thing, if they don't say this is High Republic, we don't know the time period because there's an Emodian, there's those uh, Trade Federation ships, there's even a Naboo Starfighter crashed yeah. on one of the lakes out there. It looks like Jeddah City. We have some of those similar aliens walking through. So that was one of my biggest questions is this, because the High Republic publishing, I think is 200, 300 years before mm -hmm. Phantom Menace, so is this now 400, 500 years before, or is it like 50 years before Phantom Menace? Right. Because if we have Naboo Starfighters, how how much, how long have they been around? Or does the game take place for hundreds of years? Yoda's there, we don't know at what age he has. But yeah, it's very compelling. It's a time period that I want to learn more about. And I was, oh man, I don't have a next generation console. Maybe this is the one that's going to push me to spend all those hundreds of dollars to get it. And I know it's hard to get one, but maybe. And then Quantic Dreams comes out and I didn't know anything about this. And then a lot of people started tweeting out, yeah, this game looks great, but it's by this developer and this CEO that has a bunch of issue or a lot of baggage behind it which I didn't know. And I still don't know. I'm just reading what people are tweeting there, reading some of the things that he's allegedly said against the LGBTQ community about female gamers or the characters inside the game. So a lot of controversial things out there that shouldn't be said. They're not even controversial. It's things that people shouldn't be saying at this day and age, 2021 or whatever. And that took my excitement like this. 
because as much as I want to play a game, a Star Wars game, uh, real life is more important, right? So it kind of push the game to the side and focus on what's being set out there by these developers. And then on Star Wars itself, Lucasfilm, I think this is the first kind of Lucasfilm's games, kind of that brand coming back to go with this developer, with this CEO. I know a lot of people that worked on this thing probably don't have those same kind of opinions, but unfortunately it gets grouped in the same, kind of in the same ball. Uh, so did you know anything? I should ask, are you a gamer? And the, I am the, not. No? Yeah, it, it is. It is the one part of my. It's like the one slice of my my nerddom that is just yeah. like not developed at all. No. <laughs> yeah, I used to do a game, do a lot of gaming when I was younger too. My mid twenties, I would say. But after I had kids, I don't didn't have the time. They would take over. So I always joke about. I still have my Xbox 360 from like 2007, 2008. That's the last one I bought on a Nintendo Wii. So I still have that classic Lego Star Wars game that my kids play a little bit, and I like, give me that controller. I'm gonna play a little. <laughs> uh, but like Amy, Amy, our friend Amy Guerra is here, and she's saying such a hype to this appointment moment with this game announcement. I, w- I feel the same way, even though I don't. I don't know. Who, I don't follow game development, so I don't know who what. Quantic, Quantic Dream was, who this, I forgot the name of the guy, the CEO that made all those comments. We kind of, ugh, why are we doing this? Especially High Republic is this big initiative with a lot of creative out there with different backgrounds, different, uh, a lot of, it's not the same people out there. It's not just straight white guys doing this. The High Republic yeah. is one of the most diverse things in Star Wars. And one of the our next news topic is this non-binary actress, actor that they hired for the Acolyte, which is set in the High mm-hmm. Republic. And then a few hours later, this comes out. Mm-hmm. How did this affect your excitement for the game when you saw that? Yeah, I de- I definitely like like you and like the um like the comment you just showed. It was it it, it really just. <laughs> crashed immediately it really was a kind of like lead balloon thing where yeah. i mean obviously as you know as i mentioned I, i'm not much into gaming but i still would have been really interested in terms of following the game mm-hmm. itself and the story and what we learned from it but then as soon as i saw you know people tweeting about the company and both the comments of the ceo and then also there's some issues about workplace abuse and things like mm-hmm. that yeah that very much um yeah dampened my enthusiasm about the the game um, and i think it's also worth just uh, also uh, shouting out that there's been a number of people who have been uh, tweeting out that the hashtag blackout Star yeah. Wars Eclipse. So a lot of the people who are they're voicing their their protest of an opposition mm-hmm. to to this game and to the, the developer behind it. So, yeah, I think I'm very much with you in saying that, like, yes, you know, I, I was excited about this game and, you know, what it would add in terms of the High Republic and in terms of Star Wars storytelling. But then ultimately... Like the, the real world concerns of mm-hmm. queer Star Wars fans, of female Star Wars fans who feel excluded by, you know, the developer and the comments made by the CEO, like that ultimately, I think, should take precedence. Yeah, and it's, I remember when these started kind of coming out, yes, yeah, so everyone commented about the comments that this person said, which I'm not going to repeat the, repeat out here. You can find them if you want to. I'm sure everyone out there knows. And some people say, well, he's the CEO of the company. He's not really involved in the game. And then he tweeted out or retweeted the 
the main tweet and kind of said, oh, I'm so glad or so fortunate mm -hmm. to have worked on this game or have some involvement in this game. So, okay, now you, you shut yourself on the foot and you make your comments private. No one can respond to you and drag you like they should. And then as much as I love Star Wars and Lucasfilm, how much falls on them for not doing their due diligence? Should mm -hmm. they kind of know about this before or once it comes out? Because it's pretty fresh still. This happened 38, 40 hours ago. Mm -hmm. Do you think maybe there'll be some changing that they decide to hold this game, move it to another studio? Because I heard that this is still in early development. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing games take years to come out. So I don't know if this is coming out 2022, 2023. Maybe they say, okay, this is too much. Let's move out, move it to another studio. Any chance that that might, that might happen? Or you think we're kind of screwed and it's going to come out anyways? You know, again, like not knowing much about mm -hmm. game development timelines and that whole process, if there is an avenue to course correct, I do hope that they listen to a lot of the fans who are upset by this and take that chance to course correct, move with a different studio, do whatever they can to try and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, distance themselves from this, from this company. <sighs> you know, if... If it's, you know, if it's all in the bag and it's sort of doomed to now just come out yeah. because of however far along or the contract's been signed or however it goes, then I think, you know, the best move for Star Wars fans moving forward, particularly ones who are, you know, upset about Lucasfilm having ties and working with companies like this would be essentially to, you know, make your voice heard via your wallet and not to support the sure. game uh, mm -hmm. and, you know. By that way, you know, making it clear that Lucasfilm moving forward needs to do better in terms of their associations. Like, yeah, either this is a situation where, like you said, they didn't do their due diligence, like didn't look into this company enough, or it's a situation where they knew about this and decided to move forward anyway. Either way, I think it was a bad move on their part. Yeah. And it's one of those things I will never know. Yeah. We're not there, so we don't know if they knew about it and said, screw it, people are going to buy the game, or maybe they don't know. Um, who knows? I've seen other companies, because I haven't really delved down into what really happened. I know there's been a lot of complaints to this person and the comments. Then other people say, no, that was kind of thrown out of court. It was a disgruntled employee. So, of course, there's both sides or both kind of viewpoints. And I don't know. I'm just reading what I read on the internet, which take what you will from it, right? But I would side to the with with caution. There are these comments out there, those issues. I'm not gonna spend five hundred dollars on an Xbox X or PlayStation Five plus sixty dollars on the game plus another controller, seven hundred dollars for some to support someone that might be a very bad person. Talking about the queer LGBTQ community that we have a lot of fans that watch this show, a lot of friends that I've have been have here on the show that I've been on the show, talk with them on Twitter, our friends in Serving Pink Mill had a great show yesterday. Go check that out. Um, and if they feel that this is a real issue, then I'm going to side with them. I'm not going to, oh, it's a Star Wars game. I got to follow it. Eh, whatever. Uh, someone's going to post on YouTube the cutscenes, and I'm going to know what the story is. So. Mm -hmm. so it's tragic because I love the High Republic. I'm guessing this story is canon. We haven't heard doesn't really matter. But, and if at the same time, if someone out there says, hey, already I want to play the game, I understand the problems, but 
I'm going to play it. I'm not going to say, oh, you're banned from here. That's your decision. Do with it what you will. But at least from our part, I don't think we're going to be buying this game because, again, I don't want to spend $600 if I don't have to. <laughs> All right. Anything else about Star Wars Eclipse before we move on? No, not really. All right. I should have said at the beginning, as always, if you're watching this show live, thank you for being here. Make sure to give us a like, hit that thumbs up button if you want. If not, then whatever. Thank you for being here anyways and giving us a view. Uh, leave us a comment if you're watching this later on the replay about all the topics we're going to be talking about today, starting with Star Wars Eclipse. And then make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of our new shows that come out every Saturday. And yeah, let me see. What else we have here? Amy Guerra is adding, I'm fortunate to own a next-gen console. Amy, I'll have to go visit you and play some of those. Uh, but if this game gets released by Quantic Dream, I won't be giving my money to support this company. And I cannot hope it won't be really related to the High Republic books. Same. Um, apart from Yoda, which is everywhere, we didn't see, I think, any of the High Republic characters that we've kind of been introduced through the... Through the books, so we don't know how connected it's gonna be. I think, like Devil said at the beginning, we don't know when this game takes place. Is it yeah. hundreds of years before what we know? Is it closer to the Phantom Menace, the Fallen Star? Maybe this is part of the Fallen Star. Oh man, I'm so. Oh God, oh, I know it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. Mm. Yeah. All right. So with that said, let's move to our next topic, which is related to the High Republic and according to Variety and other outlets out there, Hunger Games star and From the Hate You Give, Amanda Stenberg has been cast, or is in the process of being cast as the lead for The Acolyte, which is this High Republic, at the end of The High Republic, this new TV series that's coming from <clears throat> Leslie Hetland is the showrunner. And what we know is kind of the beginning of this thriller, mystery thriller, the beginning of the dark side or related to the dark side at the end of the High Republic, closer to Phantom Menace. Very excited when this got announced last year. And we've been getting bits and pieces the past few months about the Acolyte. So we're getting closer to a big announcement. And this is as big as it gets. The lead might have been cast. Um, do you know of Amanda Steinberg? Uh, have you seen her in any of her movies or TV shows? Are you excited for the Acolyte? Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, unfortunately, um, I have not watched them in anything, so I don't have any familiarity with their uh -huh. acting career in that way. But I am definitely excited for the Acolyte. And yeah, I mean, it, as, as always, as you mentioned, you know, it got teased as this story that is happening at the kind of tail end of the high republic so we, we have this idea that it might be this it might be the show that's going to be a kind of turning point from mm -hmm. the high republic as we know it now and as we'll continue to know it as new books and stuff comes out into the, the skywalker saga period into like the phantom menace period so i'm i'm, I'm really interested to see yeah just thinking in detail like what it's about how they're going to do that like is it going to be about the emergent Sith or mm -hmm. just, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really stoked to see where it, cause I mean, everything that we've gotten from just like what the premise is to the fact that it's being headed by Leslie Headland, who mm -hmm. does, who has done very, you know, very sort of outside the box things. Yeah. I mean, really does 
suggest that this is going to be a very unique show within the kind of catalog of Star Wars TV. Yeah, so let, Leslie Headland the, was a showrunner for Russian Doll, I think yeah. is the name of the Netflix show. I'll be honest, I didn't finish it, not because I didn't like it, I was enjoying it. I probably got about four, four or five episodes into it. A very kind of different take into reliving the same periods of your yeah. life. Very funny, and it's something we haven't seen in Star Wars, that kind of take. And the Acolyte itself is another thing that we really haven't seen in Star Wars, a show kind of focus mostly on the villains or the bad guys, right? Yeah. From the dark side, this mystery thriller, which again, is not a thing we've seen in Star Wars. In the High Republic, at the end of it, is this kind of how the Sith coming back into it? Because in the Phantom Menace, they, I believe in Phantom Menace, they say, oh, the Sith have been extinct for a thousand years, so we yeah. haven't seen it, whatever that quote is. So how did they come back into play? Are we going to see a young Palpatine in this? Mm -hmm. Is this is when they bring Matt Smith in that we've been waiting. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's been lying for years and he knew he's going into the acolyte. But and then we get Amandla, Amandla, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Stenberg cast in this. And it's okay, it's getting real. Here we go. And then it's when you see we we're talking a little bit about Lucasfilm before, they take a step forward by hiring a non-binary actor yeah. into this. And a few hours later, then we get Quantic Dreams and all that other thing behind this. So it's like, okay, dude, you're you're going the right direction, and now you're back where you were before. Yeah. Kind of, how much are you really invested in right. moving forward? And that's what's disappointing. But really interested and excited for this show. Uh, when it got announced last year, this jumped to probably top of my list of the most one of the most um, kind of. I'm looking out there, which we're going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. So really excited for the Acolyte. Really excited that we're getting more news about this. Do you think, I don't know how much on Twitter you are, social media. I think two days ago or three days ago, Claudia Gray, and this is mm -hmm. just me putting my detective, my Sherlock Holmes hat, kind of said, oh, next Wednesday, there's a big announcement. And that was it. No yeah. idea. Was Maybe it's not even Star Wars, but it's a Star Wars show. And people are saying, oh, maybe Lost Stars 2, which we've been clamoring for years, maybe. But then I started, okay, so we got this announcement, which is not official, let's say, by Lucasfilm, but this announcement for the Acolyte for Amanda Stenberg. Then we got uh, Eclipse, which is also in the High Republic. And then on Tuesday or next week, on this Bring Home the Bounty campaign that they've been doing for weeks, supposedly the video game one, which yeah. maybe is tied to Eclipse. And then Wednesday, Claudia Gray has an announcement. And I said, oh, maybe she's going to write a novel between the Acolyte and this Eclipse game that kind of bridges the, the closest the gap, I should say, bridges the gap between the Acolyte, so between Eclipse and the Acolyte. And she's writing something, hopefully. And this that's just me speculating. Do you, I don't know, anything there? I might just yeah, I, 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 I saw that tweet too. I mean... I always try, try to temper expectations. So like there's, if, if I were a betting person, I might incline to say, <laughs> oh, this is something non-Star Wars related that yeah. she's doing. I mean, God, if, if it were Lost Stars 2, I would genuinely just, just lose my <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, as, if we were betting persons, which we're not, uh, at least me neither, because I will be in the, on the streets. Um, that's the safest bet. 
Um, probably the best one. I love Lost Stars just as everyone else. It's not at the top of my favorite books, but I think it's the best Star Wars book out there. The only one that I've actually cried at one point. And we've all been clamoring for Lost Stars too. And I would say, because a lot of other Star Wars authors, every time they say, oh, I got a big announcement, I'm working on something, they always put non-Star Wars. So right. people don't jump on them. She didn't. And again, I don't know. I don't know how she does Twitter. I mean, anything Claudia Gray, I'm going to be excited. So ah, we'll see. Lost Stars yeah. too, man. Oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to real quick go back to Dale, who was saying, I don't follow the game production either. So it sounds like my point of view doesn't make a lot of points. Again, Dale, we're all in the same kind of boat. We don't follow game development or game production either. So we don't know. We, we all were caught by surprise and we went kind of this roller coaster of emotion. So. All right, and our friend Mo is here. What's up, fan Mo? You may you missed Dev or saying that he was watching Rogue One before we started, so she loves Rogue One. That's her thing. So, <laughs> all right, and Amy saying Star Wars social media will melt down if a lost star sequels announced is announced, but I su suspect it's something non-Star Wars. We'll see. Only what four or five days, and we'll we'll find out. Uh, so yeah, so let's move on to our final news of the day, and it's related to Rogue Squadron. I'm going to do my best Lord of the Rings impression, because we're at 20 years of Fellowship of the Rings coming out. Uh, although this happened in the Two Towers, it looks like Rogue Squadron is back on the menu, boys. <laughs> uh, there you go. That's my... That's my uh, orc, Your Urukai version. My Urukai. <laughs> then I have Orcs and Goblin killing me for stabbing me. Try to got me. Um, anyways, I should do a lot of the rings. Anyway, uh, we're digressing. So Rogue Squadron, like we mentioned a little bit at the beginning, I think it was maybe two weeks, three weeks ago, it was one of the few official Star Wars news was, hey, um, Patty Jenkins is extremely busy with Cleopatra, Wonder Woman 3, and that, who knows what else. This is going to be definite, indefinitely delayed. And people just lost it. Here we go again. Lucasfilm and Star Wars announcing things and canceling more issues with the directors. They don't know what they're doing. And then about three days ago, a news came out that she's stepping out from Cleopatra. That's the other thing she's doing. She said, I'm not going to be a director for Cleopatra. I'm just going to produce it so she can focus supposedly then on Wonder Woman 3. And Rogue Squadron. We don't know which one comes first, mm -hmm. but now this kind of brings back Rogue Squadron into the forefront. Nothing official from Lucasfilm that this is back on, uh, but do you think this might be? Maybe not 2023, which was the original announcement, but do you think we might see it a little bit sooner than we thought a few, a few weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of when it's coming out, I'm even though, yeah, even though we had this development now where it's kind of back into play, mm -hmm. I'm I'm skeptical about 2023. That feels yeah. like a very quick turnaround <laughs> if we are now basically at New yeah. Year's okay. 2022 and we don't have any indication that anyone's even started writing this movie yet, <laughs> let alone doing anything else in terms of yeah, any other pre-production work, never mind production. So I have a feeling that in all likelihood, it is going to get probably pushed to maybe 
24, 20, maybe the whole calendar gets shifted. Who <laughs> yeah. knows? Because, yeah, that's going to butt up against, because I think we, we have something in 2025. There's supposed to be a Star Wars movie coming out. A lot of people speculate, is it the Taika Waititi movie? Maybe. It's another one that has like 20 things going on. So who knows? Yeah, there's yeah, another person who's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who is committed to the extreme. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, I I do not at this stage. I do not think that they're gonna hit make the twenty twenty three mark. But I think this news is positive that we will get Rogue Squadron at some point. Yeah, uh, same. I doubt there's gonna twenty twenty three even seems seem too close before they said it's gonna be delayed. Because, like you said, I believe that she's writing it. Maybe her with someone else. But for a movie that's supposed to come out two years from now, this time period, two years, and nothing's been really out there, seems a little far-fetched. So, okay, makes sense, delayed, whatever. But seeing that now she has a little bit of free time, then maybe that 2025, as you say, because there's rumors out there that 2023 now is going to be an old Republic or high Republic. Who knows? Again, this secret movie that no one knows about that they've been working on, supposedly. And then maybe 2025 when we get Road Squadron, which is fine. Because as we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, 2022 is filled to the brim with Star Wars TV shows and books and more surprises that we still don't know about. And then a lot of these series will get follow-up seasons. So 2023 is going to be booked up anyways. So if we have to wait an, an extra year maybe for Rogue Squadron, it's fine. I think it's fine. I can take your time. Do the best movie that you can. Don't get kind of bogged down by the release schedule. Just yeah. push it. People are going to go see it, especially if they dedicate their time to it. So I'm fine if it comes a little bit later. But I'm also excited that it seems to be coming a little bit back to the forefront and not just pushed back and forgotten. Because this is another thing that's different from the Star Wars movies that we've gotten before. So I really want to see it and see what she kind of brings to the to Star Wars universe. So really excited for Patty Jenkins to kind of be able to do this movie, which she says is kind of a, this love letter to her father and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's let her have her fun with Star Wars. Whew. All right. So as we are getting closer to our main topic, let's all you guys out there in the chat again. Just let us know in the chat any of these topics we've talked so far. If you missed them, just let us know. We'll we'll come back and revisit them about the the Star Wars Eclipse game. Were you excited when you saw the trailer? Then the news about Quantic Dream, um, Amanda Stenberg being cast in The Acolytes. Are you excited for that show? And of course, Rogue Squadron. But as we get close to the end of 2021, who, man, it's already the end of 2021. It's, yeah. man, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. But 2022 is out there. And Star Wars, I think, was, again, at this time last year, their big announcement of all the new shows that were coming out. And a lot of them are coming out in 2022. So do we think that 2022 is going to be the biggest year in Star Wars yet? Let's find out. Revolution. Hi, Devor. So let's start first. Before we jump into 2022, give me your overall quick one minute, two minute feelings of 2021 in Star Wars, everything that we got 
this year? How what are your feeling coming to the end of the year? I think it was a really strong year for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, of course, the launch of the High Republic, and I think that has gone really, really well in terms mm -hmm. of how the books and the comics have received. In terms of, you know, we've seen a lot of these books and stuff hitting bestseller charts. So I think that's been really good. I think we've seen a lot of great storytelling in terms of Star Wars television that we've gotten so far. I think Bad Batch Season 1 was very good. I loved Star Wars Visions. I mm -hmm. think that was a really, really great contribution to Star Wars and really illustrated just, just some of the, the creativity and like bringing in like bringing in new studios mm -hmm. and tell using star wars in these ways that we really hadn't seen before and i think that was really compelling and of course you know we will get i mean it's it's still technically going to be in 2021 even though yeah. it's just like barely clinging on but we yeah. got book of boba fett to look forward to at the end of this month so i think for all that and of course there's a bunch of other stuff that i haven't mentioned whether it's the throne books and things like that but i think it's been a i think it was a really really good year yeah, it's one of those that kind of when you think about it, yeah, 2022, that's the year we have all these shows. So then we start thinking of everything that we got. The High Republic has been going on since January, I think, all the way. Mm -hmm. All we got two throne books. I think we got the Victory Prize, the last one yeah. of the Alphabet Squadron, uh, the Ronin book for Visions. So we got Star Wars Visions, the Bad Batch. We get a Mandalorian, but. <clears throat> A lot of other stuff came out this year, a bunch of comic books out there, uh, even the smaller shows on the Star Wars YouTube kids channel also dropped. Yeah. So it was a very big year for Star Wars, even no movies out there or anything. <clears throat> a great year, I think, in Star Wars in 2021. And I'll start plugging in next week's show, which is going to be our big kind of look back at 2021, or we'll have a, an award show, basically. So it'll be fun. Make sure you guys tune in for that one. But you mentioned Book of Boba Fett. Let's start with that one. Do you consider Book of Boba Fett a 2021 or a 2022 show? Because I've been, <sighs> I've gone back and forth. <laughs> it's it's a struggle. I mean, I, I I think probably I would call it 2022 if we're being. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 clinging on barely to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> but I think really for all intents and purposes, it's a 2022 show. Yeah, I remember when they said, yeah, Book of Boba Fett, December 2021. We're all excited. And then, yeah, December 29, 2021. It's like, dude, really? Just hold it. Hold it an extra week. Why? Yeah. If you're going to wait, I know we want to, I guess it's December, right? This, this is Star Wars month. Just wait an extra week. What are we doing? Uh, but I guess it comes out after, I think next, no, we have two more weeks of Hawkeye. So yeah. kind of December 22nd, maybe, or something. So maybe they just want to then jump straight to Star Wars. Probably. It's okay, I get it. It's a huge brand, Disney Plus and all that stuff. They got to work together. Well, just wait. It's funny because as I'm doing my 2021 compilation, like, do I include Book of Boba Fett as a 2021 show or looking forward to 2022? And I think I'm the same way. Most of it is 2022. We'll call it a 2022 show. Are you excited for Book of Boba Fett? Were you a Boba Fett fan before Mandalorian season two? What are your thoughts for this new show coming in a few weeks? Oh yeah, I'm definitely excited. I actually got here. I, I am sporting Ooh, there my, my Boba Fett shirt. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> and Boba new... shirt. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I did like the character definitely prior to season two of the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. 
you know, even though we always didn't get much of him in the original trilogy, I did enjoy the stuff that we get like in the mm-hmm. prequels and the Clone Wars with young Boba. I thought he was sure. compelling. I think season two did a lot to elevate his character. And I've talked about I've talked about him on my on my show quite a bit. I did an episode in the wake of in the kind of aftermath of season two of the Mandalorian talking about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they, they used him in some really, really compelling ways in that second season in terms of like, because like so much of that, so much of the Mandalorian, particularly the second season deals with these issues about like identity and what does it mean to be a Mandalorian mm-hmm. who's in, exactly. who's out. And then like Boba, they place in this mm-hmm. really kind of interesting, interesting place where it's like, Oh, you know, he's got this connection to his dad who got kind of like re-canonized <laughs> Django back as a Mandalorian. But like yeah. he's not really a Mandalorian, but he wants the armor mm-hmm. and then like Din won't give him the armor, but then later he will. But then mm-hmm. Bo-Katan is like, who is this guy? <laughs> and so like he's just in this like really interesting place. And then of course, then we got the announcement at the end of season two about Book of Boba Fett. And I think uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see where they take his story building off of what they've done in Mando mm-hmm. season two. And then all this, you know, everything that's been teased so far about like, he's going back to Tatooine, he's taking over Jabba's empire, but then, you know, the, the hints that like, maybe he's going to do things differently. Cause you know, there's that line from the trailer yeah. about Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. And so like, what's he going to do in terms of navigating the underworld, you know, getting more about his relationship with Fennec Shand, who is, you know, who started off as what looked to be was going to be this one-off character <laughs> in season one, but now has been done a lot with in season two in Bad Batch. So I'm interested about that. I'm interested to see the, the extent to which I think this is likely, I think it's a little low, but like, will there be any connections with Bad Batch season one? Because yeah. like, because I think back particularly to the last year where we had, you know, Clone Wars season seven and then Mando season two. And like, there wasn't much connection in terms of, story or plot but like ahsoka was in one and then she showed up again bo katan mm-hmm. was in one and then she showed up and like you know is it more than a coincidence that like we get bad batch and like here's boba fett like so yeah yeah i'm I, for for all those reasons and more like i really really intrigued to see what they do with him yeah i mean there's there's a lot that they can do am i hoping that they build on the boba fett of mandalorian season two I've said to, uh, 300 times on this show, Boba Fett is my OG favorite character. I love him in the original trilogy. I don't care. Yeah, he looked cool, and that's why I loved him when I was a kid, and I just kind of kept going. But what they did with the character in season two was beyond anything I could imagine. That first 10 minutes of that episode, he's freaking havoc, and of course I'm yelling, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course he's a badass. Here you go. But then we see the progression of the character with Fennec Shan, how they, he tells Mando, no, no, we made a promise or a deal. We're going to get the Grogu. We're going to make sure that he's safe before we kind of bounce out of here. And then he progresses through the, the season finale. So I hope they continue that storyline with Boba Fett and that this new Boba and his relationship with Fennec Shan. And it's not just, oh, yeah, he was a cool character in the real trilogy. Let's show him just beating people up or now he's taking over the the kind of underground in Tatooine, which is, of course, kind of makes sense, but kind of keep building on this character that we met, like you said, why did he save Fennec Shan, right? Because he could have just left her to die there. He took time or took her to Dr. Mandible, like I'm going to say, took her to Dr. Mandible to get patched up, went to Tython and then all this stuff. So I hope we learn 
do they have a past, right? Did, did they have a past before Mandalorian season two? Hopefully, and we see some of that and kind of progresses. Uh, is there going to be a connection to the Bad Batch? I've been, I said here before, the Bad Batch is not my favorite series out there. I had some issues with it, but it kind of makes sense, right? We saw Fennec Shan there. She, have, she has a connection with Boba Fett's sister, with Omega. Yeah. Now they're both headlining this show. It makes a little bit of sense and it will bring in a lot of people to make those connections. And I think it can work, even though I understand also with some people that are not too happy with the depiction of the Bad Batch in terms of that they don't look like the character which they were cloned for, from. Yeah. Might be a little bit whitewashed and all that stuff. If they bring a Caucasian character or actress to play Omega in live action, how how is this going to play out? Right. Again, that's for a future story. We don't know. But it will be extremely interesting. Even if she, if Omega, let's, let's just talk about Omega. She doesn't show up if there's a, a mention that... Yeah. Fennec Shan mentioned something about Omega and either Buffett knows who she is or he just learns that he has a sister out there somewhere. It'll be very interesting. And it, again, plays on this character that my generation kind of saw this one-dimensional badass out there, bounty hunter, to kind of keep building on that character moving forward. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if they kind of connect those dots. Um, kind of finishing up with Book of Buffett before we move on. Is there any anything that you would like to see apart from those connections or a character that you kind of hope shows up? We know in those TV shows, they kind of do all, bring all these new kind of old characters into it. Cat Bane is the one that kind of comes jumps to mind. Anyone in particular you might want to see? A, a live action Cad Bane would be pretty cool oh, to see. Man. Like <laughs> that, that, that would be a lot. Oh, sorry. That wasn't what I wanted to do. Sorry, there we go. Yeah. You know, maybe to link up to some of those, you know, unfinished Clone Wars stuff where they have yeah. the two of them in in a confrontation. Mainly, I'm just I'm continuing like the big thing that I'm really interested to see out of Book of Boba Fett is like them continuing to flesh out this, you know, th this post original trilogy post empire mm -hmm. world. Like, oh, what okay. does it look like? Cause I mean, Mando is also doing a lot of this. Like, like what does this galaxy look like now that this, like you have this vacuum with the empire gone and the new Republic is trying to kind of establish its control. Like what is the, like what's the criminal underworld doing in this? And even also just like in terms of like the vacuum of Jabba being gone, mm -hmm. like what kind of effect does that have? Uh, so yeah, yeah it's been like five or six years, right? Since Java's been yeah. dead. So who took over? What's again that power vacuum from the criminal underworld? Now the empire's gone for five years. I don't know how if they even cared about what was going on out there, but now there's less control. So yeah, that's extremely interesting. All right, so Book of Boba Fett, one of my most anticipated for next year, even though it comes out, what is it, two and a half weeks from oh, man, yeah. all sorts. It's so kind close. of forget about all this other stuff that we've been talking about. Oh, yeah, Book of Boba Fett is dropping in two weeks. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, so Kenobi, let's jump into it. Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably 95% of the people out there, are mo this is their most kind of interesting or most kind of set out TV show that they're waiting for. I'll just drop it there. Obi-Wan Kenobi, give me your thoughts on it. I am, I'm very excited for this one because like, this period that like the Kenobi is happening in, and also, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit also, and or this kind of mm -hmm. 
like the original trilogy adjacent empire rebellion. Like I, I love this period in Star Wars. Like I like that they're opening up. Like I like that we're getting High Republic here and all that. But like, you know, Tie Fighters, Empire, <laughs> Star Wars. You're like all happy. You're like I just I, I could eat that like endlessly. So I am. I'm really interested. Like yes, to see what they do in terms of Obi Wan's story about like him. I mean, we're assuming some of this is going to be him dealing with continuing to deal with the fallout of. Mm-hmm. You know, Anakin's turn to the dark side and every and all of that and the collapse of the Jedi Order. You know, I am interested in terms of some of the, you know, the directions that take his story because you know a, a big thing that people have talked about, of course, ever since we knew that Hayden was coming back and that he was announced as Darth Vader is like, oh, are we getting another confrontation between the two of them? And then how's mm-hmm. that going to, you know, affect retroactively with let's say a New Hope and all that? I mean, I'm, I'm interested about that. I'm also just interested about like how are they going to deal with what I'm assuming is going to happen in this miniseries is Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine because Mm -hmm. we've assumed this whole time, like that he spent all those 19 years there watching Luke. And like, I'm really interested about, about that. Like, how are they going to, you know, justify how they're going to kind of square the circle in terms of him breaking his exile and saying like, Oh, okay. There's this thing that's happening. That's so urgent that, I'm going to leave Luke mm-hmm. for a little while. I mean, again, we're assuming that's, that's what's yeah. going to happen. So yeah, I'm really interested in those story decisions and how they weave that into what we know so far about Obi-Wan's character. And then also his relationship and his history with Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, Obi-Wan can always, <clears throat> well, can always fight Invader again, retcon the original trilogy. I don't care. Give it to me. I want to see it. I don't care if it changes. Oh, that's what Obi Wan thought as you did, or whatever. Yeah. Give it to me. It's, if you bring Anakin Skywalker, you bring Hayden Hayden Christensen back. It's not just for flashbacks. I think it's gonna be there. There has to be a confrontation with Obi Wan. It has to happen. And I don't think I have great. Uh, I do believe in this creative team. Deborah Chow, which did great in Mandalorian. I do believe in what she's doing, and I think they'll they'll be able to play with it. Again, this is still this is right in between. I get five or six years, no, ten years after Revenge of the Sith, so we still got at eight, nine, ten years before A New Hope when he sees when Kenobi runs into Darth Vader again. So you can still play into that what their the confrontation. Oh, last time we met, I was one a learner. Now I'm the master, and then his conversation with Luke in the Return of the Jedi. It still works. I think there's plenty of time to still have that confrontation. But it has to be this deep emotional show, right? It's got to be yeah. a character driven. It can't be this guns blazing action packed show. It has to be about Anakin, Kenobi, like you said, dealing with the fallout of Anakin's fall, the fall of the Jedi, the fall of the Republic. That has to take a toll on him for these 10 years. And I really hope that they dig in on that. And that's the main thing. And then what is going to be that event that kind of calls him out of tattooing? Is, is it knowing that Anakin survived? He's Darth Vader. He's out there. I mean, he knows that he's Darth Vader. But knowing that he survived and he's out there and he says, oh, I got to give it one more shot. I got to go and try to bring my friend back. And I really hope that's the reason. But also on this little kind of CISO reel that they gave us in Disney Plus Day, which I still think is kind of eh, lame. Um, and it wasn't lame. It's big, the, it got leaked, again, because yeah. the social media doesn't know if they would have waited one day. It would have worked out. 
but we learned that there's going to be inquisitors, there's Jedi hunters out there, there's two cast members that have said that they will lightsabers. Yeah, there's going to be a lot out there. Maybe they they know that Obi Wan's on Tatooine, so he needs to leave so they don't see that he's protecting Luke, so he has to fight these inquisitors. Seeing inquisitors in live action. Oh yeah, with the freaking with the spinny <laughs> yes, <laughs> the helicopter blades. The helicopter blades. That's that's full on rebel. So that's on yes. That's, oh man. Yeah, I, I would love to see live action inquisitors. And yeah, as you said, that seems very likely. That is what yeah. we are going to get. So I'll say, even if I'm like, not, I don't know. Let's say eighty five percent sure that he's gonna have a lightsaber confrontation with Darth Vader. If he doesn't, but you have Kenobi live action fighting two inquisitors with helicopter lightsabers i'll be okay with it i'll, I'll take that i'll take it uh, but it's kind of poised to be this and i'm gonna say groundbreaking but one of those tv shows that us as star wars fans are just gonna be talking about for a long time uh, we don't know if it's four episodes six episodes how long each one is gonna be just it's just one season this kind of special series out there Extremely excited for Kenobi. Uh, anything else? I think I think we covered Kenobi. Yeah, I think we did. All right. And the other one that you mentioned, Andor. Mm -hmm. And I've said so many times on this show, I'm done with this time period between after Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, because we have the Clone Wars and Bad Batch and Rogue One and Solo, which I love all that. I'm done. But give me Andor. Give me Kenobi. <laughs> I'm so ready for it. And before the Acolyte was announced, Andor was my most anticipated show mm -hmm. because it deals still with something we really haven't touched on too much in Star Wars. And again, we talked about the Acolyte being this mystery thriller. Andor is this spy suspense TV show out yeah. there that we haven't seen in Star Wars. We saw at the beginning of Rogue One how Andor is trying to get this information from Tivik, I think is the character, has to mm -hmm. kill him. And then yeah. he says, everyone here has murdered, st st stolen, saboteurs, all the things we've done for the rebellion. Let's see all that bad stuff that they did to win the war, right? Mm -hmm. So Guerrera, we know, is going to be here causing troubles for everyone. But I also very interested, and I hope that they kind of lean in into it, seeing the same thing from the Empire side, kind of that day-to-day -day run of the Empire, not just the high-level commanders, just the regular people that have to wake up at 6 in the morning and go work in the Star Destroyer construction site or something. See how all this affect, affects that. Uh, so extremely excited for Andor no date for that so i don't do you think and then as you give me your thoughts about andor <clears throat> do you think we'll get this before no let me rephrase after book of boba Fett, what do you think is going to be the next tv show is it going to be kenobi is it going to be andor and then your thoughts on andor i mean in terms of release schedule i would probably say i would probably say obi-wan would be the next one i, I would imagine i mean mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's the two others that we got to talk about, which is Bad Batch and Mando and how mm -hmm. those sort of fit in. Sure. But, yeah, I would say probably the first post-Boba Fett one will be, I think, Obi-Wan. I mean, in terms of, you know, what I'm looking forward to in Andor, you know, you mentioned a lot of the important points. is like Cassian in Rogue One is, su is such an interesting character because we do, like, we get this, this lens into the kind of 
darker, unsavory mm-hmm. side of the rebellion. And, you know, Cassian alludes to it about, like, we've all done terrible things for the rebellion. Uh, you know, Chirrut has that line where he talks about how Cassian is kind of carrying this prison yeah. around inside mm-hmm. of him at all times. And so you, you, it would be interesting, you know, to see in that show maybe the evolution of of Cassian, where let's say maybe he, maybe we get to see him at the beginning and he enters the rebellion. And maybe he's more, like, idealistic. Maybe mm-hmm. he, you know... But then he has to do all these sorts of things over the course of the show. And that kind of hardens him more into the character that we see at the beginning of Rogue One. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am I, I'm looking forward to, again, getting another you know dimension of this struggle between the Alliance and the Empire. Yeah. Different from the things that we've seen in, let's say, Rebels and in other places. And... Yeah, as, as you were mentioning too, like maybe getting some of those, you know, s- some of the more grunt workers of the <laughs> empire that they're having yeah. to run into, like some of just the like your your, your run of the mill colonels or commanders that he has to has to deal with. Yeah, and we know what Amy wants to see. Amy's here for Diego Luna. We all are. I really can't wait to see that kind of spy through the background story for Cassian. And then Mo is adding that she hopes that we see Scarif again. Scarif is a great planet, so it'll be good to see if it got bombarded and all that stuff. So, and kind of shot through the middle with a Death Star laser. Um, but Andor, yes, I think I'm still very excited for Andor for all the things that you said. Um, Bail Organa should be here, which is one oh, of those yeah. characters that's getting a lot of push from Star Wars fans out there. I Let's go to Alderaan, right? Let's see mm-hmm. Bale. Let's see Brea. Maybe we got a very young Princess Leia Organa mm-hmm. out there. Will be oh, that will be heart touching. Um, so let's see all that, and, they, and then this is the perfect place to bring um, Enfys Ness into it. We know mm-hmm. she's yeah. working on her side. She was in the solo novelization at the end, meeting with Saw Gerrera. Which he and uh, very young Jean uh, taking the coaction to him. Mm-hmm. So we know she has some dealings. So let's bring her in. We all, I love Emphis Nest. I named one yes, of my yeah, dogs no. after Emphis Nest. Yeah, um, we need more Emphis Nest. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Um, and I know some people have been saying maybe you can even get Kenobi into this. Eh, that's fine, just leaving on his show. But maybe there's a connection between those two because they're. In a similar time period, right? I think Kenobi kind of a few years before, and then Andor kind of comes back when comes later. But I do believe that we would get Kenobi after Book of Boba Fett. Um, I, I don't know if maybe they give us something else before, but probably Kenobi comes out sometime in May, close to May 4th or May 25th, to make it a Star Wars kind of celebration. And then Andor probably after that one. Uh, but extremely excited for Ando. Again, it's one of those, you don't know what's going to happen in this show. There's so many ways that they can go. And I'm, uh, I can't wait. Again, just give me something. We haven't heard anything about Ando in one year, 365 days. We haven't, it's yeah. the last time we heard something. So All right. our friend Dale is adding Bale, Breha, and Leia will be great to see in Kenobi also. I almost expect that. Again, maybe it's Bale that calls Kenobi to kind of come out of Tatooine again. Let's go to Alderaan. Give us Alderaan. We haven't seen it. Just little glances. We, we, that planet deserves a little bit of love. 
All right, so let's jump into a few seasons and let's start with the Bad Batch, which I believe will probably come out. I think this is my kind of timeline. It's Book of Boba Fett, then uh, Kenobi, then probably Andor, then Bad Batch, maybe Bad Batch between Kenobi and Andor, and then at the end, Mandalorian. Yeah. But Bad Batch season two, before we start, general thoughts on season one, and then what are you hoping to see for Bad Batch season two? I, I I really enjoyed Bad Batch season one. I mean, I think, you know, we I like I love Omega. I love her introduction. I, I, I'm glad that she is in Star Wars, and I think that you know that season does a really good job of kind of evolving her from starting off as being basically this kid that's kind of attached to the main crew to then becoming a part of the crew. But I think also that first season did a lot in terms of fleshing out and giving us insight into the kind of er very early stages of the empire whether it was like the episode where we're dealing with chain codes all Mm -hmm. the war mantle stuff where we get to see the the proto stormtroopers and you know when we go to uh, what was it raxus and we get to see like how the former separatists are kind of being brought back Mm -hmm. into the empire so that kind of world building in terms of seeing like how the empire is establishing its power i think was really compelling in addition to just the like the micro story of these clones who are now have essentially become decommissioned and are now trying to find some sort of purpose for themselves now that they are no longer soldiers for the republic and i mean you know looking ahead to what they're going to do in season two i mean i think there's a lot of there's a lot of avenues that they've left for themselves there's of course the continuing relationship between crosshair and the bad mm-hmm. batch and where they're going to do that i mean like presumably someone's going to pick up crosshair on this yes. platform Camino. Maybe. We'll start yeah. swimming. Like, yeah i don't know like someone's going to come i don't know how he's going to reach out to anybody how anyone's going to know but presumably crosshair will get back to the empire in some capacity and will continue to go after them you know we've already we already saw the bad batch dealing a lot with the criminal underworld in mm-hmm. season one. So like, where are they going to like, what other connections are they going to make? What other jobs and assignments are they going to go on? You know, will we get to see them more with the early rebellion? Cause we've got teases of that with the Martez mm-hmm. sisters and yeah. with captain Rex that like that they're connected to this larger fight. And then of course there is the enduring mystery of Omega that's out there, which is like, what is her purpose? Mm-hmm. We got teased in season one, the, the Camino ones were talking before they got, you know, caught and arrested <laughs> <laughs> and like everything got destroyed. They were teasing some sort of contingency plan about like a new superior type of clone. Mm-hmm. And you know, there was that last shot of we got to see Nala say basically taken to this mountain facility and that like she was going to be used for the various imperial cloning. So there's there's that enduring mystery of why do, like why was Omega created? What is her purpose? Does she have some as yet unknown abilities, or how does she fit into mm-hmm. into that story in a bigger way? Yeah. So first, let me yes, a little for. Tipoca City. Let me just <laughs> pour one out. Pour one out for Tipoca City. Every time it gets mentioned, there you go. <laughs> but I feel I've been critical on this show about my I don't want to say dislike for Bash, but I kind of fell out of love from it. I love the first episode, second, uh, but halfway through the season, I just kind of went down. 
And I say, and I apologize because sometimes I watch and it just to look for things to hate, which is not that way. If you're do, then don't, not even watch it. And then I cannot change. Let me just forget about doing a podcast about it and reviewing it. Let me just watch it. And yeah, it's entertaining. But like you said, my favorite thing about it and the thing that kept bringing me back was that empire thing. Mm-hmm. How is the empire now changing? How is coming into focus? How is it dealing with the change of the galaxy and crosshair with these new stormtroopers going after the bad batch? That's what I was really into. The other four characters and with Omega, even though I do like some of them, I love Echo, I love uh, Tech was my other favorite mm-hmm. one, especially at the end of Clone Wars Season 7, but I kind of, eh, whatever. So those four, I'm like, ah, I didn't cut my attention as much as some other people out there. And again, if you, I know a lot of people love the Bad Batch and great for you guys, I keep getting more seasons. But what I'm really interested in is that Empire side, and I hope they kind of lean in a little bit more I know the focus is going to be on the main four characters, but that's what I'm really interested. Like you said, going to this other planet, which is it, Mount Tannis, everyone is saying yeah. now, they're bringing into Canada again. I didn't read all the old Legends books, so I don't know. I'm just reading people's tweets about what it means. But more cloning, we've seen cloning in Mandalorian, Of obviously. Um, is this all going to lead up to the sequel trilogy, kind of making it more connections with snow can the emperor's plan and all that yeah of course let's i love all that all those type of stuff i'm not really dying to see season two but maybe it's one of those shows that just keeps evolving and then i'm back on it which is why we should just let those shows kind of breathe i felt the same way with rebels the first time i saw it It took me a little while to get into it Mm -hmm. so we'll see bad bad season two it's been officially announced we don't know when it's coming out um we'll see all right, so real quick, Mandalorian season three, most likely at the end of the year. Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and ask: Do you think we're gonna see Grogu at some point in season three? I think probably. I, I doubt at the very beginning. I think they will. I, I I don't know to what extent we will see a a dinless Grogu, like whatever <laughs> he's up to. Probably yeah. not much, but I suspect that that season is going to spend at least part of maybe let's say the first half first third maybe even first two thirds might be a while where we just sort of see where din is because din's in a very authority situation left at the end of season two (laughs) like there's a lot to do with din independent of grogu but i think something or other will ultimately bring the two of them back together i i i know you have takes and feelings about grogu (laughs) oops sorry (laughs) All right, so let, let, all right, it's the the Grogu is out of the bag. Let's go. Ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just an old grumpy man. I love Grogu. I got I don't know if you really can see. I got a few Grogus out there. There's like two back there, mm-hmm. and I don't know how many Funko Pops I got of Grogu. But I don't know what else he adds to the story of the Mandalorian because mm-hmm. I don't know. Season one, okay, he did a little bit. He helped use the force and all that stuff. Season two, he was just there, just trying to survive. He didn't add a lot. He was just a child that they were carrying. To bring him back, I don't think it adds anything to the story. What Luke is going to do with him, okay, give me Grogu 10 years from now. When he's a little bit older, he's mastered, or he's trying to use, starting to do 
control the force or maybe he decides to go somewhere something else i don't want to be a jedi get me back to to man to din and i want to be a mandalorian okay fine do that 10 years from now at this point this little 52 year old child mm -hmm. does to, for myself doesn't add anything else to the story because unfortunately yeah he's 50 but he's still a toddler he's like two years yeah. old so i don't know what else he can do what i want to see it's Mando having to deal with everything you said with Bo-Katan, the Darksaber, uh, everything else that he knows or that he was brought up as this is what a Mandalorian is supposed to be. And now that got shot in his face when he met all these other Mandos. Let's go to Mandalore. Let's deal with all this stuff and making it actually a Mandalorian show about um, the, all the Mandalorians going back to the planet and let's deal about that if it's at the end of the season and eh, here's grogu let's go visit him let's see how he's doing yeah okay that's fine but if you say episode five grogu's back he just made a mess in the temple luke couldn't deal with it <laughs> which i understand right <laughs> we've been there um but to me eh, keep grogu out of it at least a year give me one year season four bring him back do the big reunion uh, yeah, Dean is going to be depressed. He lost his child, right? And I get it. That's that's a big part. My favorite, and I cried at the end of season two, and it wasn't because of Luke. Yeah, Luke came in. Great. I love seeing you. I broke down completely when Dean Jordan had to say goodbye to his son, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what he did. Broke my heart. He did the right thing. He knows it. So I know he's going to be depressed or something, which is, again, that's going to be another thing that hasn't been touched in Star Wars or I don't know what other shows out there, uh, 45, 50-year-old man depressed because his son is away as the main character. Let's deal mm -hmm. with the, those issues. Mental health and all that stuff, that's very important. It's not really out there in Star Wars land. So that's something I want to see. Not, yeah, he's back. Let's sell 75 more Funko Pops because he grabbed a, a leaf and now let's sell it. <laughs> and then I'll probably buy it. <laughs> so that's my feelings for Grogu and Mando season season three. But anything specific that you you might want to see from that series? Not I some mean, character coming in, but what do you expect the series to be about? Yeah, I mean, I would say like like what I was starting with Bad Batch. Like I think there's a there's a couple avenues to go. Like one mm -hmm. is like you've sort of talked about, which is about the kind of Mandalorian politics mm -hmm. and yeah. like didn't now didn't now has bumbled his way into becoming ruler of Mandalore, <laughs> like apparently. Uh, what and, do I do with this? Yeah. And so I like how, how does that work with Bo Katan? Like do they go do we see them go back to Mandalore? Do we see them link up with other Mandalorians and how do they maybe deal with mm -hmm. this like this extremist who is now their <laughs> their leader? Yeah, it's very simple. Are you Mandalorian? Are you a Mandalorian? She doesn't know anything about the world, yeah. right? Yes. So all, and how all of that goes. And then there is, of course, the other thread of Moff Gideon in the Empire. Yeah. So we know that he is now presumably in New Republic custody. I mean, th that's what we can kind of inf infer from the end of season two. And yeah, there's still a lot of questions about what's his deal like? And what, what was his past involvement with the Mandalorian? Like, did he rule Mandalore for a time? Is he the reason that Bo-Katan was deposed from power? And then, you know, much like with season two, much with Bad Batch season two, like, what's the deal with all the cloning? There's, we got <laughs> yeah. people in jars there, too. We had them in Bad Batch season two. Like, 
there's a lot yeah. of folks in jars. I've got to figure out why they're there. <laughs> so, so, where, do, where do they find all these jars? We don't know. Yes, exactly. Just everywhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of continuing that that storyline. Like, why were they so interested in finding this being with a high midichlorian count? What exactly were they trying to grow? And all of that. So I'm, I'm really interested in those two storylines in particular getting fleshed out more in the third season. Yeah. And I said, what, the Night of Thousand Tears or something yeah. that you mentioned at some point? What is that? How does mm -hmm. all that come to be? So, all right. So Amy Guerra is adding, from a marketing perspective, it would be unwise not to include some Grogu appearances because for a lot of non-Star Wars fans, he gets more recognition than anyone. 100% agree. Mm -hmm. But yeah, story-wise, not sure. And they all is adding Grogu the Mandalore. <laughs> I mean, there's some great fan art out there of Grogu in full Mandalorian garb with the dark saber and even with regular lightsabers. I mean, those look pretty cool. And those would sell. All right, so let's start wrapping up. Mm -hmm. So we also, we didn't get to talk too much. Do you think we'll get a Vision Season 2, Star Wars Visions? I, I, I would love to see that. I would love to see them do more with Visions, even if it wouldn't be continuing the stories that we saw in season one, even if they were just like a whole new anthology with sure. whole new stories all over. Like I would really love that because I think even though like, even though the stories aren't quote unquote Canon, like, you know, setting aside that, like I think like visions gave us a lot of really interesting stories, a lot of really compelling characters. And I would like to see maybe other studios abroad and get yeah. to see, get to see their takes, get to see different types of storytelling, even from what we saw in, the odds of that happening in 2022, I think, are unlikely given that we haven't heard anything. And also, as we've talked about in this episode, 2022 <laughs> is going to be a packed year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm at Visions, Star Wars Visions, it was one of those things I haven't heard one negative thing about it. Mm -hmm. Some stupid people at the beginning saying, oh, Star Wars don't have to deal with Japanese culture or whatever. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's where it came from. But it's one of those things that was beloved by everyone. So it, mm -hmm. talking about marketing perspective, it just makes complete sense to give us another season. But I'm on the same boat. Let's bring different studios. Even though there's a lot of stories that they could continue, and I wouldn't mind mm -hmm. it, bring different studios, bring different cultures. I talked about it a few times. Give it to some Hispanics, uh, Latin American culture that yeah. also derive a lot from anime. Give mm -hmm. them a different tack into it, uh, uh, Middle Eastern or Eastern European Eastern, Asian, all those people that have been influenced by Star Wars. Let's see some of those. So I think it does make sense. 2022, eh, probably not, but maybe we'll get an announcement next year. And then as we wrap up uh, books, so we mentioned a little bit about 2021. We got a lot of great books out there. So we have at least announced right now, High Republic is coming. Phase one is coming to an end at the beginning of the year, but then we'll get phase two. We also have Brotherhood, which is this Anakin and Obi-Wan book coming, I think, in May or something like that. Shadows of the Sith with Luke and Lando going after, uh, what's this name? Ocho Bethune out there. It's going to be great. We have Padawan with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. So there's a lot of great Star Wars book out there. Any in particular that you're interested or just all of them? Um I mean, I think you know, with the proviso, yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked for all of these. I think there's a couple that stand out in particular. I would say, you know, from the higher public angle, I'm interested. I'm really interested in Fallen Star, like what Claudia Gray is going to do. You know, we got that. Uh, we got that alternate cover of Starlight oh, Beacon. No. Yes, <laughs> Not Fallen Gray. 
<laughs> yeah, everyone just... <laughs> you know, maybe they gave Vernestra the controls and it just you know, went haywire. <laughs> yeah, we don't really down. know. Um, so I'm particularly excited about that one. Secrets of the Sith. I, I'm very stoked about that because, you know, I... I, I, I like the sequel tr trilogy period. I like the connection to Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I want to see, yeah, like what were Luke and Lando doing and you know, mm -hmm. what might have they uncovered about about the emergent Sith and all that. Like I am really interested in that story in terms of fleshing out some of that, you know, that connective tissue um, and kind of building on some of the things that are introduced in Rise of Skywalker. Another, yeah, there's Amy yeah. was going to, Amy anticipated like a few <laughs> seconds before what it was going to bring really? up. I was going to bring up Queen's Hope. Yeah. Um, and this was supposed to come out this year, but pre-orders and all that stuff, it got pushed, right? Yes, yeah. So I I really enjoyed the the two Padme books that we've gotten from E.K. Johnson so far because I think Padme is a was a character that I will never tire of getting more things <laughs> from her. You know, she did not get her 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 due justice in the movies, particularly mm -hmm. in in two and three, I think. And so it's, it's been great seeing her in you know getting more of her story than clone mm -hmm. wars and also through through these books so i'm really excited to see what uh what johnston does in terms of telling her story in this kind of revenge of the sith period mm -hmm. so yeah I, I would say of the books that we that we know are coming out those three in particular i am especially stoked for yeah i, I don't know i can i'm excited for almost all of them uh mm -hmm. the padme book i read the first one i did enjoy it to see how she got into the becoming a senator and bail kind of taking her under his wing it was really and i liked that book i didn't get the second one i heard mixed reviews and i think at the same time there were a bunch of other books out so i just didn't get mm -hmm. didn't catch it but at some point i'll i'll finish the trilogy most likely but it all starts and ends with the high republic right Mm -hmm. uh i can't even the fallen star whatever what happens on that book claudia gray is going to be getting a bunch of uh receipts from um from therapies you gotta pay my bills we're all gonna be suffering but then we have uh all the other ones that come out also mission to disaster i think is one of them mm -hmm. and then i forget the name of the one that daniel jose on there is doing uh Forgot the name of it, but looks great with Comac Virus and with uh, the other part, his father one, Reef Silas. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be great going after. So High Republic is my go-to. And then it will be the same thing. Shadows of the Sith is the one that I'm really interested in. And Brotherhood, which got me, okay, yeah, I want to see a little bit of it. It also has Ashas Ventress on it which mm -hmm. i love in dooku jedi law so let's get more with ventress so very interested for the books out there in star wars so yeah 2022 i think is going to be the year to beat in star wars live action animation books it's going to be out there so can't wait for it all right so i think that's it that we thank you yeah. again for being here any final comments about 2022 anything else we talked about and then where can people find you anything any new episode that's coming out soon for us to be ready yeah so i mean yeah as we talked about uh you know 2022 is a is a really gonna be i think a really packed year and a really strong year for yeah. star wars and so I'm, I'm really glad to have gotten that opportunity to come on here to yeah, talk no. about some of the things that you know i and you know you and i are both looking forward to uh you know i think we, we covered a lot of ground in this episode i think you know the other thing that i'd mentioned about 2022 is that i'm also looking forward to beyond the things that we're getting you know potentially 
getting more news and developments on things beyond that you know mm -hmm. here presumably i think ahsoka will probably start uh, yeah. shooting in 2022 mm -hmm. so you know getting some developments on that hearing maybe more about the things that we haven't heard about you know to you know to take um you know, to paraphrase Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you know, where is a droid story? Is it safe? Is it all right? No, we've heard yeah. nothing about that ever since the investor day. So maybe getting some developments on that. Hearing more on Lando, which also like Another we one. got the showrunner attached to it or director. I don't know exactly the, the, the title, but like maybe getting a bit more about that. So, you know, getting some of some of those nuggets about things that are going to come beyond that. Yeah, and then so we I, have we have celebration in a few months. Yeah, celebration that's too. where we hope all that drops. We get finally some movie news, official movie news out there. Give us a trailer, give us something else for, like you said, Ahsoka, Lando, which a lot of people are very interested in. Droid Story is going to be a fun show out there. So yeah, there's a lot that hopefully they'll be announcing soon. Yeah, uh, and then in terms of you know plugging my own things, you know if you're watching this, you can see. The, uh, the the Twitter handle for the show, A Larger View of the mm -hmm. Force. You can find it uh, basically wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, chances are you can also find the show there. Uh, as you mentioned at the, at the beginning, you know, I sort of specialize in doing kind of deep dives and kind of close reads of various elements of Star Wars, whether it's characters, the films, the TV shows. Again, an episode coming out, the last episode of 2021 is going to be coming out on December 20th, and it is going to be a look back at basically a celebration of Rogue One for its <laughs> fifth anniversary. So I will be having um, a, a former guest of yours, which is Rachel from uh, Followers of the Force, is going to be coming yeah. on to talk to yeah. you about Rogue One. So that's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. Excellent. Yeah, Rachel's a great guest. Um, we talked about uh, Rebel Rising with her, had a lot of fun. She was here a few weeks later also. Uh, so yeah, let me just finish up with Emperor Holocron. He said, thank you for being here. He's also adding, I'm really not a fan of Sidious returning, but I can't wait. Got seeing Luke in his prime as a sick-ass Jedi master. Yeah, we saw that also. And we might get some of that in that uh, shows of the Sith book. Him just being a Jedi master out there with old friend Lando. Uh, so, Davor, again, thank you for being here. Great talking with you. Great talking about what we expect to see next year. Uh, for myself, it's a down there, Radio Rebel Pod, at Twitter and Instagram. Um, hopefully, a full review of Throne Ascendancy Lesser Evil will be out sometime next week on RadioRebellionPodcast.wordpress.com. You can check that out there. And then this will be available as a audio podcast on Monday. So you can also check it there on all your podcast listening devices, stations, whatever, like Davos said for his show. Thank you again for being here. Uh, for you guys in the chat, as always, love when you're here. End of the year. Can express my gratitude, gratitude for everyone. Like I mentioned at the beginning, next year will be our last live show of the year as we look back at 2021 with a bunch of great, great guests. We have five people coming in just to look back and that's going to be it. We're going to be taking a break after that, but we'll be back in 2022 talking most likely Book of Boa Fett to start. So to everyone out there, to Davor, thank you again. And as always, stay safe, be safe, and may the Force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope.